Hey, what's up, guys? I'm your host, Matthew Ma. Welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Today, we're talking with, sorry, we're talking with Joey Murray and Russ Morgan. The Murray caught me like puree, right? So we're talking about wealth without Wall Street. They bring strategies to help people reach financial freedom without Wall Street. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Thanks for being on our show. Look forward to having a great conversation about, you know, what it all means. Awesome. It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Cool. So first off, let's talk about this. How did you guys get started in real estate? And then when did you guys partner together? So I'll, I'll start. Uh, Matthews, Russ and I have been friends for a long time. Um, we met back in, in church, actually, in probably like 2006, 2007 timeframe. And uh, I was in the mortgage business at the time. He was a traditional financial planner. He was the man behind Wall Street. And he was the guy we talked about as the enemy. <laughs> and uh, he is he has come to the other side. But uh, at the time, I was just trying to seek my own financial success. And I thought it was through an increased income. Right. So in the mortgage business, as you know, um, being in real estate, you're just building a clientele. You're building a book of business. You're building people that will come back in and use you over and over again. So I started to see that over a long period of time. My income shot through the roof. I started making well over three hundred thousand dollars. And I looked around and I said, wait a minute, this isn't really financial success, right? I'm actually working more hours. I'm seeing higher income, but it's taking them away from the people that I love the most, right? My family, we would go on vacation and I would be sitting there saying, hey, you guys go ahead down to the beach. I'll be right behind you. I just got to take this one more phone call. This realtor has a pre-approval for me. Right. I mean, have you ever been Every on the other side right? of that call? <laughs> and I'm sitting there and and then I would miss them. They would be coming back from the beach when I'm going down because I've just had to take that call. And so anyways, long story short, Russ introduced me. Uh, he kind of did this on the sly. You know, I don't know if you ever had this. Hey, uh, Matthew, I want to start sending you referrals. Um, so, hey, you just need to you need to read this book, though. Oh, well, that's what he did to me. He's sitting there at lunch with me. He said, hey, I want to start sending you referrals. Read this book. And uh, oh, by the way, it's $20. I, don't, I mean, I'm like, what? Yeah. I, what? How, you, you want me to read a book? You want me to do work for you? And yet you're going to charge me $20? I mean, <laughs> what the heck? Hey, like, he's a good salesperson, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's things smart. Must, things must be rough for this guy. And so anyways, I, I read the book. It changed my whole way of thinking. And I immediately became a client of his and started implementing all the things that were in the book and beyond that we worked together on. And after four years, I said, wait a minute, this is too big. Like this is this is profound stuff people need to know. And I don't know. I don't know about you, but I really there's certain times in my life where God has given me direction. And this was one of those times where he kind of put his thumb in my back and said, why don't you get the word out? Yeah. Like you need to be a part of the change that needs to happen. And so I went to Russ and we ended up joining forces at that point in 2014. And shortly thereafter, Wealth of That Wall Street was born, essentially giving people a pathway to financial freedom that essentially was my life, like seeing my life and put it into a process. Let's talk about that real quick. So, for example, you know, when you think about work and 
you know, everyone's, when you go to school and everything, college or everything, people teach you, hey, let's get a corporate job. Let's start working. Let's start climbing the corporate ladder. And yes and no, that makes sense to some people. But some of us who are you know, entrepreneurs or who can see that kind of light, you know, in, even for yourself, like you're doing mortgages and you, the ability to scale and the money that you're making, it's hard because one is you're making more money, but you're putting more hours in. So are you really making more money? Because you're putting the hours in to get that money right. versus what we talked about at first is creating passive income. Some people say passive income is not true. And then some people say, what's financial freedom and how does that work with passive income? And how do I even get that? So let's kind of start off. You know, you're working, you're make, making tremendous money, working a lot of hours, and you shifted over to realizing with the help of Russ is like, okay, how do I get passive income? And what book was it that you talked about? Yeah, that's a good question. We always, uh, I always forget to tell you that, but it's um, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. Okay. And it's it's a really it's 88 pages. It's very small and it's big font. So, you know, even my real estate friends at the time were reading this book and they were getting through it fine. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that he tells crazy stories in the whole thing. And, you, and halfway through, it, you're like, I thought this was supposed to be a financial book. And but then you it re, you realize, wait a minute, this is profound. Like these are some concepts that I need to implement to take control of my finances, not to keep giving my money away blindly to Wall Street and hoping that one day I can potentially retire. You know, financial freedom is something I can get today if I take proactive steps to take control of that path. And, and so anyways, that that's what the book really just kind of summarize it, um, you know, did for me. So what for people who are out there, what is financial freedom? What does that really mean to you? Russ, you want to jump in there? Yeah, financial freedom. Well, what does it mean to me? And then what is it? All right, so let, let me start with the the latter first. Financial freedom is when your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. Okay. That is the simplest formula, Matthew, that I ever have heard as it relates to financial freedom. But this comes way late in my career. So I was a certified financial planner for I don't know, 12 years before I gave up that designation. And I'd never heard that simplized formula before. It was always, well, it's it's hard to calculate. It's actually, you know, once you get this amount of money, you multiply it times 0.03%. And that number equals um, the amount of money you have in expenses are greater than you're financially free, right? So if I had $4 million and, and I could take 3% off of that, then and you needed, you know, $120,000 a year, $10,000 a month in expenses. That's when you're financial free. And unfortunately for most people, acquiring that amount of cash takes a lifetime if they ever yeah. get there. And when Joey and I really started seeking financial freedom, we didn't, one, want to accumulate money, as you know, in Wall Street. And so then it was, well, how do we get there faster? And that ultimately came through the idea of just having more passive income. So what does it mean to me? It means that I'm free to create. It means I'm free to do the things that I enjoy doing, which for some people, they think, well, that means, oh, you, you spend all your time on a beach or on a boat or, you know, fishing or whatever that thing is. But for me, it's really just creating new businesses. I'm the classic entrepreneur who just loves to find new things to get involved in. But I get to create without the concern of worrying about the expenses. You know, Joey and I, every single month, we publish our passive income report. And I think this past month, it was a little over 70,000 for the month. 
And what that gives us is just the peace of mind, the freedom to know that we can spend our time the way we want to. Joey loves spending more time with at home with family. I love spending more time creating businesses and investment opportunities and thinking about ways that I can influence and, um, and you know enhance those outcomes. That's how it means to me. Nice. I like that too, because for example, yeah, financially free, you know, really giving, getting back your time to do what you want. And, you know, whether it's family time, hanging out, watching, raising the kids and everything else going on. And like you, Russ, you know, like being able to build something and create a generational, you know, and share knowledge and just make it forever. That's worth a lot because now you're financially free. You don't feel that stress of, Hey, I need to go work every day. I need to make money. I need to take care of my family. But now when you're financially free, you have the ability to build anything you want and you can create a legacy, right? And that's a lot of yeah. fun. And the, I guess the challenge is people think about, hey, I work a nine to five job, I make good money, but I have high expenses. I live in the Bay Area, for example. How do I even become financially free? How do I create this passive income? And how do I do it without Wall Street? Yeah, well, I, I think the the key to that, Matthew, is, is one, you have to be really clear um, about what financially freedom, well, financial freedom looks like to you. Because just because Russ says, hey, I like to create businesses and I like to influence the outcomes. And and I personally want to spend less time in the business and more time with my family. There, I have five little girls who are growing up so quickly <laughs> that, I, I mean, I just feel like an urgency to, to be able to invest in their lives. Um, but what is it for you? You know, like what is the goal of financial freedom? And that's kind of the process that we take people through is a three step process. We called it GPS because ultimately you want to have direction and a GPS does a very good job of directing you to your end destination. Well, but you have to start with the goal. And and we we liken that to a crystal clear vision of who I will be, what I will do and what I will have once I'm financially free. And most people, if we're honest, Matthew, do not have the license to dream. Like they, yeah. have, they, have, they have given that up. They have just said, well, this is the reality. This is the default of my life. It is what it is. I'm going to put up with it until one day I can retire. And what we say is, no, like challenge that thinking. Well, I'm going to jump in there on that, Joey, because I, it really, why is that important right now, Matthew? I think more than ever, there is more anxiety and more confusion in the world than the most of us have experienced up to this point. And when you compound that on top of already a busy lifestyle, the idea of truly being able to become financially free gets that much further away. And what Joey and I have just observed in our many, many years of doing this, talking to individuals as they come to us, is that we needed to create the most simple thing, but the most important thing that they could focus on, which is a clear vision of what financial freedom would look like, and then a, a clear vision of how and what path to take to get there. And I think a part of that too is like when you think about like corporate structure, right? Hey, you got to work. You have a nine to five job, but it's not really nine to five. You're on salary. You're working way more than 40 hours a week. And a part of that process too, pre-COVID was like, hey, you're in the office. You're having fun. You're hanging out with coworkers. They become part of your family, a family culture. You stay longer, right? And if you're doing that, 
you're stuck making that salary, even though you get raises, bonuses, things like that, and stocks. But over time, how are you creating the time, creating the time back to create financial freedom? How are you spending your personal time to reinvest into creating passive incomes? And that's where you kind of get locked in. But once you realize that trade-off of time and money, how do you go about you know creating the passive income? And you know when you guys talk about financial freedom, the wealth, and you know thinking about that and setting a GPS goal to get there. Then you start opening up saying, hey, there's way more possibility than what I'm doing here. Yeah, I can make good money, but I can go further and farther. It's hard work, but you can get there and create that real passive income sooner than later. Like who wants to work to 65, 70, 75, retired then and have, you know, be maybe mobile to go travel the world, right? Yeah, I was just talking to a guy yesterday um, who's in my personal network and he was listening to the podcast and he was he was actually taking our passport challenge, which is the, the thing that we always tell people, you can start with that. That's how you get your goal. If you take our passport challenge, it's a free course and it walks you through how to dream again, how to put down on paper what financial freedom looks like. Um, but we were talking about it and, and he said, yeah, I, I just don't know why I would be putting money away into 401ks and IRAs and all these things. He said, I want to be making, taking action today. He said, just like three months ago, my wife's father passed away from COVID and he was 65. And I said, can you imagine what he must have felt like right before he passed away? He was going to quote unquote retire to what, to what there to freedom at that point. I mean, how much of our, our health has been failing by then? How much of our life of our children? I mean, Russ and I talk about this, is your son going to want to go throw the ba- baseball with you when you're 65? Is your daughter going to want to go play Barbies with you or have you push her on her bike or whatever it is when you're 65? Like those things are gone. So this is what taking action today is, is man, it is possible. What would it look like for you? And then that, that leads us to, that second step in the GPS process is our path. And that's where you really get to know, okay, now I'm clear who I are, what my goal is, who am I as an investor, right? What kind of, how am I made up? Like what's my investor DNA? Cause that's going to help direct me on what passive income strategy would help me get there the fastest. Let's talk about the passport part of it too. You know, when you introduce the passport program to people, what are they initially seeing and what's their first step into figuring out their DNA and how to invest and how to become financially free? Like what's the first step of them realizing that dream and the reality that it can be? Yeah, I think the quick part to that is there's three steps in that passport that they're visualizing And the first one is who do they want to be or become? And I think that that really is more internal focus. And we are our best investments, right? We all know that because we've all invested in ourselves in some shape or form, whether it's our education, our experience, and our job. We've been the one who's produced the greatest return for ourselves, and we will continue to do that. And But there's still things that we need to enhance. There's things that we like about ourselves. There's things that we don't. And I think for most people, going through that first step helps them see that. There's also things that we need to do. And maybe it is enhancing my education, my experience, 
maybe it's being a, a greater savior. And, you know, there's things that I need to stop doing. There's things that I'm, I'm literally getting myself further away from financial freedom. And most of the people, Matthew, when they go through that process, that, that thing that we normally hear is I've been contributing to my work, my office place, 401k, SEP IRA, whatever it is. And I see that now as the thing that is getting me further away from being financially free because I can't touch it until I'm 60, right? There's nothing I can do that enhances my ability to be financially free today by putting money into it. And that's even if the company is willing to give me a match. And the, the last part is them really, as Joey kind of loves to say, is giving them license to dream is that they can say, well, what would I have when I'm financially free? And, and visualizing that for themselves. And some of that's tangible, but also some of that is, how am I going to pass it down to someone else? Let's talk about that too. So, you know, you mentioned, for example, okay, now you have to write the dream. You're thinking about things and you're realizing what you're doing in your life and you're realizing your goals. Okay, for example, hey, I have a W-2 job and my company has a 401k and they do a match. There's also like, for example, out, out there, there's also, you know, Roth IRAs, uh, self-directed IRAs. And, you know, corporations might say, hey, you know, we'll give you a 401k, we'll help you match to a certain percentage, maybe call it 6%, for example. At that point, you know, people just start funneling it in and they realize, okay, well, that might not be the best for me. They can talk to their financial planners and CPAs, of course, but like, how do you help them realize that the, the extra benefit outside of that and like what do they do and you know at that point you know how should they learn more about structuring their financial freedom can you clarify that question a little bit further say that again yeah so for example okay your corporate job hey joey okay russ is out right now so for example you're in a corporate job and you get a 401k match okay is that the best thing for me right now you know, I'm, for example, I'm, I'm, I started a corporate job, let's say a couple years ago, I'm 25 or 30 years old, for example, what should I do to create financial freedom from here? Well, so, so this is really when we go back to the, the actual formula to financial freedom, it's passive income mm-hmm. must be greater than my monthly expenses. And in order for that to happen, that means I have to have access to cash in order to invest in certain vehicles that will create passive income. And so the question that I would ask that same person, if you're listening right now, is if I put money into a 401k, how much of it can I access this year, right now, today, tomorrow, whenever a deal comes across my desk to get to financial freedom? And the answer is zero, right? So, so here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a 401k, an IRA, like forget the, the actual title of whatever you're putting the money in. What you should be asking yourself is when I put money into this, will it get me closer to financial freedom today or farther away? And so the very, the very baseline is, man, I'm, I'm losing money if I don't put money in this 401k is what people think, right? Because they're going to match it. It's free money. But Russ is, is famous on our show for saying, you can't pay me enough to lock my, uh, my money up for the next 30 years, right? Is yeah. that really an incentive for you? If you want to be financially free today, you cannot pay me enough to lose my freedom. And that's really ultimately what we're talking about is put money into a place where you can access it, you can control it, 
and you can leverage it into those passive income assets that create freedom today. And we have story upon story upon story of people who have met their financial freedom goals because they took control and they had access to cash. That is the number one thing. If you don't remember anything from what we talked about today is access to cash is the biggest hurdle for people getting to financial freedom. With it, you get there. Without it, you'll never get there. That's a good point. So for example, access to cash, and I would say, for example, you know, regardless of how much money you make, knowing the fact that you make a certain amount of income, you have a certain amount of expenses, one way, a slow way too, is like, okay, you really try to get rid of get rid of your expenses, right? As much as you can, don't go spending on everything you, you know out there uh, and splurging, right? Like really try to focus that money on using it with a vehicle to invest. So taking that money you save and using it towards something, right? And a part of that I would ask is, okay, let's just say, for example, you save $1,000 a month extra that you can invest something. You know, is that even enough to start investing? And like, where do they invest in and who do, who do they know and trust to start investing that money? So the, the first question that we get is the one that you're asking, where do I invest? Right. Um, I think a lot of times that comes back to us being taught that investing is the way out of the situation that we're in. And so it's a great question, but I'm going to I'm going to pose it or pose my answer in a different way, Matthew. So the our, our process of kind of GPS, the second step when somebody has a goal, the first thing we have them go through is a thing called the investor DNA. And the point of that investor DNA is to understand who you are as an investor. Robert Kiyosaki is famous for saying there's no good or bad investments. There's only good and bad investors. And I think it's more oftentimes the case that we're just not equipping ourselves to be good investors. And so for one person, yeah, is a thousand dollars a good amount to start with? I don't know. Right. I don't I don't understand the situation, but I would I would first want to know who I was as an investor. And find out the type of things that would resonate with me as the way that I've been built and the way that I've been created to to add um, produce to the world. And then I would want to see how could I take that money to equip me even better. Right. I mean, I don't know if Abraham Lincoln actually said this, but you know, you, you get all these quotes that, that is attributed to him that if you give me an hour to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first 50 minutes sharpening my axe. <laughs> yeah. I think so oftentimes though, when it comes to investing that we don't have a sharp axe, like we, we're not a, we're not sharpening our, our, our financial intellect. We're just going out there and starting hacking away and, and maybe not getting any closer to the goal. So the, the question is a good one, but I also would pay, say that the point is some people could spend that money on courses. Some people could spend that money on, and, and just going and becoming an intern for somebody, right? And, and using the money to eat off of while they're, you know, gaining experience. And then there's some people that could literally go do their first deal. I mean, you've probably met so many people that got in, you know, the real estate game through wholesaling, for instance, right? Just going and finding deals and bird dogging for someone else and learning the game that way. Yeah. There, there's so many different ways to invest. I mean, ultimately what we find, and I know you've seen this too in your life, is that, in the end, we won't need money. Like once we understand what deals look like and how to acquire deals, the money will find us. I mean, Joey yep. and I are putting together a thing right now that we're not probably going to put a dollar in, but it's because we know how to find it 
we know how to put it together and it it will spit off a, a return that most people would be super excited to to get right and i think that that goes back to you know where do we invest the first place we have to invest is in ourselves i agree i think that's a good point too when I, yeah when i think about it yeah the first part is investing yourself and then also the investor dna like for myself i started real estate investing when i was 24 i actually bought my first san francisco property at 24 and that was not easy, right? And that came from a tech background, being in tech since 18 years old and doing a lot. And then later realizing what you can do. But the part of it is the investor DNA, realizing what you can become. Like for me, I didn't do stocks. And today I don't, you know, crypto is another thing. And how do you focus your time and energy? And what are you good at? And what's your DNA say? You, you're a stock person. You're a crypto person. You're a real estate investor. You're a fix and flip or Airbnb person. It's a choice, right? And the choice is educating yourself to find what you like to do because the more you like it, the more passionate about it, the more you want to do it and the more, the better you get at it, right? Oh yeah. I, in fact, I'll say this. Uh, there's one guy in our inner circle. Uh, it's kind of a, a smaller group uh, coaching uh, class that we have. And he's been on there for months and months and months. And we talk about, as you can imagine, I mean, all sorts of passive income strategies. And when people hear that Russ and I are doing land flipping, short-term rentals, cryptocurrency mining, um, we rent, I rent an RV out passively. Like there's all these things that we do. He's heard all these strategies and every week he's given us feedback and he's, you know, he thinks, oh, this sounds really good or I like that or whatever. But last week we were talking about multifamily syndications, something nice. that you, you're, you're pretty passionate about and uh, are very knowledgeable about. And he's sitting there and he's, and he is just lit up talking about it. I mean, he's just, man, I just really love multifamily because of this and this and this and this. And he's going on and on and on about it. And after he got done, I said, okay, do you guys want to understand what investor DNA means? It's exactly what he just did. He just lit up when he was talking about this one specific strategy. And I said, that's your bingo right there. That tells you that you're in the right place and you're investing in the right way to get to your financial freedom goals because you're passionate about it and because you see all the benefits and how it's going to help you get there faster. So, but for people that don't know that kind of stuff, we created a profile, the investor DNA profile that they take. And then it introduces them to six different strategies that we use and employ that. And then it tells them, hey, these are the pros, the cons and the key factors for each one of these strategies so that you can start to say, oh, yeah, I think I would like this about that. Or mm, that con, that negative for this one is just too big for me. I need to move on to something else. It helps you narrow it down to find your path to get to financial freedom. Let's jump into that. Actually, like we're on the show, we want to we want to show uh, you know people in depth. Like right now, uh, what's the example of those six different strategies that they can utilize today to help them figure out what they can do next and how they can become financially free? Like we're almost in twenty twenty two. People want to become financially free. How do we help them today get there? What strategies would you talk about and help them recommend to figure so it out? I'm a, yeah, I'm going to give an example from. You know, going through the investor DNA, just speaking to who I am, right? So Matthew, mm -hmm. I, I'm extroverted. They, um, my investor DNA would come out saying, first extroverted, second driven, right? So when I look down the list, I'm going to to see in that investor DNA that 
I'm going to want to be in things that are people oriented, things that have large upsides that it's going to excite me because to be honest, doing smaller deals is just no longer interesting to me. And, and I'm, I'm more about big picture. I'm, I'm more about business ownership. I'm more about processes that others can, can handle. So when I look at down the list of items that really fit my investor DNA, the things that are kind of in our wheelhouse that we talk about a lot, short-term rentals is one of the, the top ones at the list. So Joey and I actually started a short-term rental business in 2020. We have over 26 units. We actually just brought on a luxury home that we're about to make into an event venue. It's something that is, you know, you talk about real estate. We always say short-term rentals is like the franchise. It's like the hamburger franchise of McDonald's, right? The real business of McDonald's is the real estate. The The franchise, the guy running the franchise is a different separate thing. So we do own the real estate under certain short-term rentals that we have, but we arbitrage the other, you know, we, we lease and rent and run the hospitality business on top of it. But what I love about that for me is that we can scale it. Like we went from zero units to over 20 units in less than a year. There's very little things that you can do like that. But also I love the fact that it is a business. It's something that we can build marketing operations and everything Mm -hmm. else, you know, HR around and run it just based upon our already business knowledge and expertise that we have. Now, for some people, they're like, I'm not that way at all. Like I would rather be a behind the scenes type person. I would rather be on the private lending side. I'd rather be the person who's financing the debt on these deals. I can look at very critically and analyze the contracts, the collateral. I I can see if it's systematically run. I can see where the holes are. And when I find opportunities to get my money in with great collateral, then I can, you know, I can use that and charge rates that it, it's good returns for me and I don't have to be front and center. So those are two examples of how somebody's just their DNA, just their profile would look at investment opportunities. There is another one in there where somebody who is, is super successful in their day job, they love their day job, they're passionate about their day job. And they say, you know, I'm looking for things that are hands off. But I'm looking for things that will excite me. So sometimes um, that person is probably looking more syndication. It's probably looking more multifamily and other areas that can give them a higher upside. Right. They may not only be able to give the pref on a on a monthly basis, but also they can get the quarterly profit and have the ability to refinance their cash out over a period of time as the equity appreciates. For some people, that gets a little bit nerve wracking. They're not as excitable in that. They just like a systematic proven thing. And they may go buy single family properties that they put a, a management company in place that's already been you know renovated. And most people refer to that as turnkey. And and they just buy, you know, 20, 50, 100 of those properties and they go down that path. So depending on the profile, that's how they would probably look at those different investments. Does that kind of give you an answer to your question? Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. And people are just, you know, they need they just need to realize, okay, here's what I like right now. I'm interested in. I'm if, if you're always searching Airbnb every day, you're probably interested in that, right? If you're searching stocks every day, you're probably interested in that. So finding out what your interest is and really thinking about it long term, is that something you really want to dive into, really get good at it, understand it, and then really build upon it? Because for example, me, I don't like stocks that much, right? I'll do some, but I'm not gonna sit there all day, invest in it and real research every single 
article about every single company. That's just not me. For myself, I like multi-unit buildings because I can't, I've done a lot of it. I know it. I understand it. I know the numbers. Once you look at it easily, you understand the building, the concept, what you can do with it, how you add value, and then taxation benefits after that fact, right? Right. So, And there's out, people out there who talk about, hey, I love Airbnb. And they want to manage all of it. Like they want to buy the asset, uh, get, you know, financial money on it and then start Airbnb and creating a business on it and then running the hospitality business and scaling it. That's great. That's a lot of work too. And realizing your time, your value and how you want to spend that time to create it, um, you can do really well, but the numbers across all the boards vary and it just depends on the comfort level too, right? Like how comfortable are you taking a low, medium or high risk and how long is that duration, right? Right. And the thing uh, you won't hear us ever say is that stocks are a good idea because it would kind of go against the name Wealth Without Wall Street. But um, it's also because of the idea of how much influence do you have, right? In a stock purchase, how close are you to the investment? Think about that for a second. Like there's somebody who owns a company somewhere who then has a board of advisors who then has, um, you know, their C-suite. And then they have below that, they have, uh, you know, uh, these managers, these fund managers who then sell it to have, have people below them and advisors. And then there's you. So you're the last person to find out what's good or what's bad about that investment. And subsequently, your results are always just reactive. You cannot in in any way affect the returns. But when you have a short-term rental business, just like Russ and I have, um, we can literally go post in our social media about how we have a discount on one of our units this week to try to fill it and potentially fill it in seconds. Like that is influence. That, That is ability to to influence the actual returns on your end investment. And those are the things that, you know, especially like my personality and rest personality, we really enjoy that aspect. Like we don't want to give up control and lose that. So just another way to think about it from what you should or shouldn't invest in. Let's talk about that. It's a good point. You know, without wall street and talking about the stocks, you know, some people say, Hey, I have full control. You know, I buy stocks, I sell stocks. Right. But like, Honestly, do you have full control? Like you just mentioned, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You're not running the company. You're a small shareholder, for example. And even with voting rights, you know how much control do you really have? Versus, you know, for example, Airbnb. You mentioned you have more control. You can directly affect the outcome by doing some effort, and that's great. Even in syndications, like syndications, you don't have full control. Your limited partner, for example, but you still have some say in it because one is your investor and you're putting your money in and these syndicator operators, they want to, they want you for a future investment with them too. Even at any portion, they still want to hear you out and they still might consider and take it more in effect rather than a multi-million billion dollar company. You probably have no say at all, right? So there's still some correlation to control. Well, and think yeah. about this for a second, Matthew. The, the key that you left out on the multifamily side is that you're in partnership. You said mm-hmm. limited partner, but you're still a partner with that operator. And yeah. if that operator understands how to influence and affect the valuation, just the other day, we were talking to some uh, folks in our passive income mastermind. This is our top level elite you know, status investor group. And these, these syndicators were in there. We had several of them. And they were talking about how they implemented something as simple as a um, dog yard 
in some of the units in their apartment complex. And they were able to increase the rent on those particular units by, you know, a hundred dollars a month or whatever the case may be. I can't remember the exact numbers, Mm -hmm. but whenever you do that over the multiple of however many hundreds of units are in that complex, you now have immediately affected the actual valuation of that overall property because it now has a multiple variation on the revenue that comes in and that will make your appraisal go up. So you're essentially forcing appraisal value increase. Whereas if you're in a single family, a lot of people listening right now are realtors, you know, in a, a residential neighborhood, you're at the mercy of what the comps around that particular property are going and selling for. And you don't know if the little old lady down the street just, you know, think she's still living in 1975 and wants to just sell it for what she has in it or whatever versus the person over here that's, you know, painted their house pink and now it's worth, you know, much less. Those things you can't control. But in a multifamily, if you're worth the right operator, you are affecting increase and influence in that space. And that's where value is created. And that's a great way to, you know, really think about like, how are you building wealth, the controls you have in place, you know, who you're partnering with and how does that correlate to, you know, success. And, you know, even in syndications, right? Like the operator wants to be, is partnering with you because if they're doing any splits with you, you know, they're on the same side and they want to help it. And the way they're doing it is called, you know, add value, right? To, they're optimizing the building, the performance, the numbers and improving a community as well. And by doing that, they're creating more value. And that value translates to higher equity, higher rental income, per se, and then more financials back to you, the investor, right? Exactly. Sometimes you want to be the limited partner in the deal and you want to be multiple limited partners, right? You want to get in many deals. But every deal that you get in, you're probably learning something along the way that in those quarterly meetings with the GP, you probably could share that might enhance that situation, like Joey just mentioned, one of the operators that was on this call the other day just shared the fact that they went in and were renovating new units and they were having new fiber brought in. They worked out a deal with Direct TV to put like fiber in every single one of the units and they they marked it up, you know, 100, 125 percent. And so then every new tenant that comes in, they just offer them the basic tech package or the tech package plus, right? And so nice. they just went ahead and built it into the rent. Well, if they can increase the rent, you know, $100 a month with 150 units, now, you know, at a, just a five and a half percent cap rate, they've increased the value of the property over $3 million. Well, if you, if you hear that idea and now you're getting into another syndication and you're talking to the operator on the front end and say, hey, by the way, another one I you know, another uh, partnership I'm in just instituted this on the front end. Have you guys considered that as an option? Well, maybe they didn't even know that it was even thought about that. Well, now you as even just as an LP having influenced the opportunity that exists in that partnership. I agree. And I think so when you talk to some people, investors out there, they don't realize the exponential benefit. Like when you're doing a multi-unit, it's not just times one unit. It can be times 100, 200, 500 units. And even if you're increasing $10 or $100, that money times by that amount of units times by the gross rent multiplier, just taking total dollar amount times by a number, right? For the area. That dramatically increases the value of the property. And people say, oh, I can do that in a single family home or Airbnb. I'm like, 
you can't. That's just one on one, and you're comparing against you know single family homes. So how do you do that? Oh, okay, numbers don't even make sense for some people, and that's the, where the education part comes back into play. And then you know when you start talking about Airbnb as another example of creating financial freedom. There's all the numbers you get from rental incomes, the the vacancy factor, and when you think about the cash on cash, those numbers do really well compared to a multi-unit, compared to a single family. But the other factor to that too is, okay, how much work in time are you putting in? Are you really becoming financially free, creating passive income? You are creating passive income, but now are you financially free if you, other than the fact you got to build an operations team, marketing team, and build a, a business to hospitality business on top of it. When I think of multi-unit syndications, and they all correlate now, I'll, I'll tell you why. So the multi-unit syndications, you're creating time back because you do have, for example, operations team, property management company, property management company has vendors who manage everything. They handle all the letters, all the issues, and take care of all the tendencies. And then you give them a goal. So you're directly influencing a goal, such as creating a dog park, creating playgrounds, renovating parking lots adding value to, to the community, making it look nicer. And then in return, you're creating equity value. But the thing I like to talk about that is that you think about the taxation benefits when you talk to CPAs about it, what happens when you start doing depreciation, cost segregation, accelerating it, and then giving that back to a limited partner who's sitting there as a you know investor, partner, and we listen and the fact that you can get that benefit back and take it to your own, you know, when you talk to your CPA, how to take that passive income into your own taxes, that's great. But now what I like to do on top of that, tie that back into the Airbnb side. Airbnb makes really great cash and cash, makes really great numbers. You're going to pay huge taxes on that gain. But if you offset it with other investment vehicles like syndication that gives you that tax benefit and you try to neutralize it back to zero again, that's what the rich, rich people do, right? Well, you've got to be able to do the three things. So, you know, Joey and I talk a lot in our community that there's three areas. We've got to be increasing our passive income. We've got to be decreasing our tax burden. We've got to be increasing and building our infrastructure. And all of those things start to balance themselves out, right? So I am looking at what is ordinary income and what's capital gains. So where do I need to build depreciation? Where do I need to build, you know, write-offs to get my income as low as possible, right? So that I have it. But also, how do I build infrastructure around where that cash is flowing through so it constantly compounds, but also it's protected from those who may come around and try to get it from me? And then how do I use this? At least this is what is important to us is how do I use this in a way to build it to where it is a process that my my children's children could operate it? How could we pass this knowledge and assets down to them so that this continues way long, way past where we leave this world? And I have a great question to that too. When I see some really good high income earners, even real estate agents make really great money, but they don't have the time, they don't want to put the effort or they don't want to educate themselves on how do I maximize my tax benefits from that? How do I create a team around, around that to support me, such as asset managers, uh, asset protection plans, and creating you know corporation structures and stuff like that, working with lawyers, CPAs, and financial planners to make that happen? They just pay the taxes. Hey, I'll just give you 50%. I work 100%. I'll give you 50% to do nothing, right? How, is that even fun? Does that even make sense? Yeah, you make a million dollars a year, but does that really matter if you're paying 50% of it to the government? Like, How are you maximizing your benefit? For me... Well I want to see the net income, right? Yeah, I, I would say the, fir the first time that we met with a tax strategist and he showed us how much money we were paying in taxes. And he said, yeah. by doing 
A, B, C, D, right? This is what your tax bill is going to be. And it was about a third of what the number was. It just immediately sent me back into all of those years where I had paid that other two thirds. And I thought, why have I just been this lazy? Why have I been this stubborn not to take the time and effort? Because then really the reality is, is what you're saying, Matthew, does having that extra, you know, 100,000, 500,000, whatever it is in, in, in cash that used to go out the door to the government. And by the way, we're not better Americans by, because we pay more in taxes. That, that is a lie. It, the, you know, we know most charities, you give money to a charity and 85% of it is eaten up and infrastructure is, is worse as we know in government. So yeah. we're not making our government any better by paying more in taxes. That's not what we should be doing. So when we have that extra money, then yes, now we can do things with it. We can in, reinvest into our businesses to enhance our businesses. That may mean that we, we are hiring more people, which is really helping the world, right? And allowing us to work less in those businesses, which that's a win. Everybody loves that because now I have more time to do other things. Now I can go help people in areas that they don't have expertise. Imagine taking your expertise as a realtor and as an investor and going and helping a nonprofit think through how to run their business. They would love you, but you don't have time to do it. So you couldn't, right? When you have time, you have lots. You've got money. You can give directly to the charity, right? You can skip all of the fundraiser stuff. You can go directly to the place that you feel most passionate about and give them the money if you want to. But you also can take that money and invest in your family's education and help teach them how not to have to go through the same learning lessons that you did. And I think that there's the lesson in this is that there's so many ways, right? Ultimately, you've got to sit down with a group who knows how to do that, or you got to get yourself in a support environment that does, right? That not everybody makes the income where they can pay the, you know, the tens of thousands of dollars of tax attorneys to make it make sense, but maybe they can spend $10,000 a year, $15,000 a year, be inside of a group, learn the ideas and strategies that they could employ that could save them $10,000, $50,000, $500,000 a year in taxes. And then they can do the things that we were just talking about. Well, a good point Russ is just saying there is that's really the third step. So we didn't even mean to go into all that, but the three steps are right goal, your plan, and then support, the GPS. So support is that key factor that, man, okay, I've got a goal, I've got a plan, but sometimes we need to be surrounded by people on the same path. Because how many people around you right now are learning what we're talking about? Or how many people around you in your real estate brokerage or wherever you're at are just keep their head down. They're grinding it out. They, they're not considering these things because they're not thinking about them and they're, they're just kind of trying to power through. Well, this is the point for community, right? So we built a, a community over 5,000 people. It's on our, our private app. So you're not getting distracted with Facebook memes and other things. Um, and so that's the place where we plug in and that's where you get individualized coaching to help you get from where you're at right now, which could be confusion to confidence and getting to a point where I have people keeping me accountable, helping me get to that next level. And that's where our, our support goes to the final level is our passive income mastermind, where you're now growing to where your goal is. I want to get 200% of my expenses in passive income so that now I'm even diversified and I can even take more time uh, with my family or other businesses, whatever else that I want to do. 
So those are the things that we provide to help people get that final mile in the marathon when you want to give up or you just, you know, you don't think it's possible to get down the, the track. I think a good point to that too is nowadays when I look at people and I see how they're interacting, I think nowadays when people are realizing the time and value and they're working from home, they're realizing time, they, they enjoy the time now, they enjoy the family, they enjoy being at home now. And now I see more people realizing and even probably online, you can tell that more people are looking into investing, looking to passive incomes, looking to multiple revenue streams, setting up good um, coaching programs or good groups of networks to really work with people you know and like and by being in those masterminds, those groups, those networks, that they realize that, hey, it's not just me alone doing everything, right? It's me working with others, seeing what they're doing, what's working, how it's working, how can I make myself better? Having seeing someone else doing better is not negative, it's a positive. It pushes you to do better, it pushes you to learn more, to focus on how you can create more financial freedom. And that value is worth a lot because not everyone out there is like, let's say, for example, 99% of people are not doing that. But if you can be surrounded by the 1% who are doing that and pushing themselves, no matter what age or income you're at, it makes it so much better because, you know, even when you look at your friend groups, most friend groups are not doing that, studying this every day and then pushing you further to go up, right? Some people want to drag you back down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what's the old adage? The crabs in a barrel, right? You start trying to climb out and they start trying to pull you back. If you climb out again, they'll start tearing your arms apart. And it is true to some level, right? I mean, Jim Rohn says that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time around. Mm -hmm. Well, does that mean I need to give up all my friends that I've enjoyed? No, I, I wouldn't do that. I think that that's why masterminds exist. I think that's why I, I love the digital age that we're in, that we can connect with people all across the country to be able to learn and to be able to spend time with each other and be passionate about the same things, but still be able to go have laughs with somebody that maybe we connect on a more personal level. That's different than that. Like I have friends that just aren't as driven as Joey is and that's cool. And I, I maybe I will spend time with them in a different way, but when I want to connect, I want to spend time thinking about business strategies. I want to be able to get on a zoom call like this or go to an, a live event where I'm surrounded by people who are considering how do I get to a higher level? We're part of a group that we call the 200% club. The goal is not to get to 100% passive income equal monthly expenses, it's to get to 200%. And there's lots of reasons why, but when you're around people who are seven, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs, you know that stopping at 100 is not enough, right? And, and to be honest, you need that challenge. You need somebody pushing you. That's why some of us can go to the gym by ourselves. The other 99.99% of us have to have an accountability partner, whether it's a group class they're going to or it's just a group of people that we're going to partner up with and do it. Otherwise, we don't end up doing it. It's just the, the way that we work, self-control, self-discipline. Some of us possess it. Most of us don't. And we need accountability. We need support. And I think the accountability part is really key because I find that even a lot of investors, a lot of agents, they're not setting key metrics they're not holding themselves accountable or having someone else hold them accountable and without that accountability you really have to be really self-driven to make it happen if you're not self-driven you know you're not self-driven you need the accountability because otherwise the days will pass by you'll run on autopilot you won't get your goal you won't get done the year goes by it's already in 2021 did you get your goal if not you think about accountability right 100%. Man, I, I think that if you got to got to write it down, got to visualize it, got to put it somewhere you can see it on a regular basis. I, I, I heard a story from Emmett Smith that he talked about how he visualized being a college player, being a Heisman Trophy winner in high school, how he visualized being 
uh, a pro running back, being the MVP when he's in college. His wife said that he still does it to this day, that he puts his he puts his goals, his three top priorities on his mirror uh, in their bathroom. And this is what you know people who are successful do. They visualize it before they get there because they let that little part of their brain, that reticular activating system, their subconscious start working on their behalf and moving toward things that maybe they couldn't on the other end. What is it about writing it down, putting it on the wall, visualizing it? Like, what do you see? Because I actually do, I actually do that, and I would say it works really, really well. And be, before, when you're younger, twenties, twenty five, thirties, you might not want to do it. You might think it's just BS. I can just buy my computer, but guess what? Your computer disappears. It turns off. You're not with it. But when you put it on your wall, you're actually physically looking at it, and you see it, and it reminds you that hey, this is my goal. I put out for twenty, twenty one, twenty two or whatever age you want, and you actually will get it faster because you are visualizing seeing it. Like, what is it about that? Do you guys do that? I, I think it's, well, and I am i don't mean to bring it full circle, but I know we're almost out of time. The, the passport challenge is exactly what you're talking about. It's putting something in front of you, even visual like pictures that represent those things. And um, when you do it, in fact, there's Russ, he's showing you his right now. Those, those visuals, your brain is so powerful. It is constantly at work. Even when you may not be you know, physically present at that place, your mind is constantly at work. And so it is taking that in and is processing and saying, this is important. I'm going to focus in on it. And it's amazing. It starts to change the way you act. So I, I just really want to bring this full circle and say, if this is, if you've wanted to know financial freedom, like you want to get started, like take us up on this challenge. You know, the wealthofthatwallstreet.com forward slash passport is the place to get started. You'll join our community. You'll have access to the app for free. And this course will literally change the way you think about the future. And as you're mentioning, that's the powerful part that where this all begins. And I think one part to really think about too, here's another good example. You think about Olympians, right? They How often do they get to play, get to do their sport? It's every four years, for example, right? So if you're waiting four years, how much mental energy do you need to really say, hey, I'm going to be number one. I'm going to be Michael Phelps. I'm going to win everything. But they need to spend four years of training just to get that time to be in the Olympics, right? And once they're there, they have to be the right mindset, focus, and they visioned winning. They visioned every single part of it. And then when they won, you could tell they really put a lot of work into it, but they didn't get to play for four years to get there, right? Right. They put a lot of energy, a lot of effort in that. I know my, I have a daughter that's a swimmer. I don't know if she'll ever make to the to the Olympics, but I do know that uh, we spend as many hours typically at the event, at the meet, as she is in minutes in the pool. <laughs> so, <laughs> But there's also, she will spend that many hours swimming each and every day to swim that many, that amount of minutes in a meet. So there's a lot of time, a lot of effort. You know, the, the old adage, you got to have 10,000 hours into something to become an expert. Well, how do you get the first hour? You just have to start. Right? You have to, you have to go out there and start taking action Listening to your podcast, Matthew, I know that that's what people are doing. This is the, this is maybe the way that they're on the treadmill right now, running. Maybe they're in the car driving uh, to their, uh, to their job or home, and they're trying to envision what would they be doing if they were not, you know, having to trade time for money. And this is the first step, getting that auto in university going or whatever it may be. That's a beautiful thing. I'm so grateful to be on the show and, and to be with like-minded people. 
Great. I really appreciate that too. And I really think that, yeah, like for example, it's already, yeah, end of the year, really all of us should take a look at the Passport program, for example, and then really think about like, okay, what do I really want to achieve in 2022? What's my goals? How do I get there? How do I help my family, help myself, educate myself and really take that challenge and focus on the mindset, focus on the education, believing that it can be possible and that you can get it done no matter uh, where you are at in this time. But really by networking with the right people, getting the mindset, joining online groups, joining mastermind groups, joining your groups, um, and, you know, learning more will make you better. And, you know, don't listen to the background noise of all the no's. This is a waste of time. You're not going to get there. Just focus on you, focus on what you want and try it for one year. See what happens. A lot can change in one year. You can get so much better if you put the time in, but if you're not and you don't, then you're going to be stuck in the same place. You're going to be on autopilot and, you know, you're just going to be surrounded by, you know, just what you want. Yeah. Uh, I'll give one last little analogy. I've seen this. We, we've used it before. Have you ever seen the chart, Matthew, the, your life in weeks? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, like that, that, yeah that, that was one when somebody showed me that and we started just filling it in just because a year – a year's so long, but so short, right? I mean, like, you know, to plan for the next year, like all the things that may happen. And you're like, okay, well, I've got six more months. I've got four more months. You're like, I have this amount of time. But when you start planning your life in weeks, you realize, you know, oh, wow, that happened fast. And I didn't do anything. Like I just allowed busyness to take over. And I'm not any closer to what I wanted to be. So it's constant call to action. And I think that that's what we need. We have to have this constant call to action, have to have this urgency. But that urgency only comes from having a why that's stronger than the why not. And so you got to figure out what that why is for you so that you can push forward whenever it gets hard, right? No matter what it is, whether it's exercise or whatever, you got to have a why that's going to make you go harder than the why not. And I think that's really hard, even for myself, to find the why took a long time. But for example, once you have kids, you find your, you probably find your why. And now you realize that why, and you're going to go at it hard and realizing the time value, because do I want to spend time working all day and not spending time with family? No, I want to be with family as much as I can. So creating that passive income, creating that wealth, you know, and learning from people like you who can help build it up faster and taking the experiences because one is we didn't really talk about working with coaches, working with mentors, gaining experience and, you know, joining groups that can do it will only accelerate your growth. If you're going to do everything on your own, look at Google and Facebook and YouTube and try to search it yourself. It's going to be really hard to succeed really quickly. And like when I coach real estate agents and like, Hey, you want to 10 X your growth, watch what they're doing, how they're doing it. And if you're going to be accountable and do it, you'll get there really quickly. And we've proven that with new agents too, who actually do the work and say they're going to do it. But then once you don't, they fall down, right? Because they're not willing to invest the time because they haven't found their why yet. That's the biggest challenge. It's the mental energy. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is never too late, right? You could start a diet in the middle of a bag of chips. So like, here's the best time. Let's go. Exactly. Hey, thanks so much, Russ and Joey, for being on the show today. I really appreciate you guys being here today. Um, how can people reach out to you and learn more? So Joey mentioned it a second ago, if you go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash passport, it gives you a link to um, our community. It allows you to um, you know, engage with us there. That's really the place that we spend most of our time. So we'd love to have you DM us in that app just to say, hey, you, uh, you heard us on this show. 
Um, but also, you know, that's the place where you can get that vision. You can get that motivation if you don't already have it. Just like the one I was just showing you, ultimately, that's what you have that you can make as your screensaver to keep pushing you forward. And then you can start engaging. If you don't have a support source, you don't have other people that are doing what you want to do. And now now you're connected because our, our whole app is based upon uh, no no political rhetoric, no cat means it's financial freedom. That's the journey we're on. How do we get there as fast as possible? So we'd love to have you join us through there. Cool. Thank you so much. For everyone out there, if you guys want to learn more, feel free to check out our show, The Truth About Real Estate Podcast, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a great day.